If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere. On this beautiful Friday morning with clouds and rain. Who just can't wait for the start of training camp. That is right, boys and girls. The dead zone of summer is coming to an end. And this is the season two premiere of Datitude. Episode number 80. For a Friday, July the 22nd, 2022. 7-22-22. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer for The Advocate, The Times-Picayune, and bet.nola.com. And we are so happy to be back and off of vacation and into NFL previews and just rolling. The podcast is back, boys and girls. Did you miss us? It's been a while. Last time we met, I was in Florida. Jeff Duncan and I were talking to Mickey Loomis, great way to end season one. It was quite uh, an interesting ride through season one. Maybe we learned some things. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we got dumber. Who knows? But we are ready to get started uh, here today and talk about, we're going to be talking all about the Saints and the NFL. Uh, as many of you know, I am uh, through the first quarter of my NFL team previews going through Mostly talking about win totals, over-unders for each team. All 32 teams in the NFL we will do before the end of September 2nd when we finish with the New Orleans football Saints. But we have done both Easts, the AFC East and the NFC East. NFC East concluded today with the Washington Commanders. Uh, don't, uh, Don't get me started on that. Commanders, football team. I, you know, I, I know a lot of you still have. A, I, he's not going to say it, is he? Is he going to say it? Don't say it. A lot of you still have trouble with not calling them the Redskins. I said it. Go ahead. Let's see if I get in trouble. Let's see if I get an email. Because you know what. Uh, it's it's however many, two years later, three years later, whatever it is, I still have trouble not calling them that. I'm trying. I am trying. And now I just got used to football team. Throughout my previews uh, each week, I was trying to decide, is it WFT? Is it football team? Is it the team? Is it whatever? Whatever it is, they stink. So I guess who, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? Carson Wentz. I digress already. Season one's just getting started, and I'm already digressing. That's all right. All right, coming up today, Larry Holder of The Athletic, my old friend, who I used to roast quite a bit back in the day on the Black and Gold Today show, along with uh, Jeff Duncan. I used to fill in for, for both Larry and Jeff on the Duncan Holder show back in the day. Uh, Larry will be coming on today for the first time. We didn't get him on in season one. So he is opening up season two. He is now a, he's not just covering the Saints. He is a national reporter covering the NFL and the Saints for The Athletic. And uh, we had quite an interesting conversation this morning. And so that'll be coming up in just about two or three minutes after I ramble on for just a little bit. We know it's probably more than two or three minutes, but who knows. And then we're going to wrap up the show today with, my new friend, Adam Chernoff. I've got an old friend. I've got a new friend. Adam Chernoff of Covers.com, who has been gracious enough to help me with the NFL team previews. And he is a professional handicapper, if you don't know this. If you have not watched any of our uh, previews so far, or if you haven't seen him on any of the Bayou Bet shows, or he's been on Datitude a couple times as well, he is fantastic. He is one of my favorite guests. I'm not just saying that. He really is. He's outstanding. Um, and just picking his brain on 
if you're just getting into sports betting or even if you've been into it for a while and you're still trying to learn like I am, um, the way he thinks and picking the brain of a pro football handicapper is so interesting. And look, boys and girls, it, this is the time. Um, you've already missed the boat on a lot of these over-under totals, but there are so many other things that uh, future bets-wise that you can make and get into, and nobody knows this business like he does. And Adam is fantastic. He is going to wrap up the show today, and um, you know who knows what I'll say along the way. I've been known to say a lot of stupid things, a lot of things that make people come back, make people not come back. I don't know. The numbers have been going up, so I guess we're getting more people coming back than not coming back. Of course, it's always good when you're talking about football. Uh, and if you notice we changed our intro. I thank my brother-in-law, Phil Anselmo, um, for doing our intro, both with his voice and with his music. Um, if you don't know, Philip Anselmo is a major musician. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and he has been gracious enough to help us out here in the infancy of this program. He's also been a guest on Datitude, if you want to go back. And you can find Datitude on any major podcast platform. And so not only are you listening to the one you're currently listening to, whether you're listening on bet.nola.com or your favorite podcast place, but you can go back and listen to any of the previous 79 episodes, and again, if you never listen, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, the episode with Mickey Loomis I thought was outstanding. Uh, Jeff Duncan and I tag team that one, and uh, Mickey was very candid. We had a good time, uh, and that's how we wrapped up season one. All right, getting into season two and Larry Holder, and um, again, now a national reporter. So he is not just focused on the Saints, but he lives in the West Bank. So I'm sure he knows the Saints better than he knows anybody else. So we're going to talk about uh, maybe some of his surprise teams. Uh, he projects to be in the NFL. What he thinks about some of my predictions thus far a little bit. And then we're going to get into the NFC South and talk about um, are the Saints going to beat Tampa or not? That's the question, right? I mean, if Carolina or Atlanta wins this division, I think we're all going to be shocked. But we've been shocked before. We'll see. We haven't gotten to the NFC South in our team previews. But let's get to NFL and Saints talk here on Datitude. Welcoming into the Datitude podcast, the season premiere, season two premiere of Datitude on this Friday morning, a guy I used to roast a whole lot. I think we're just going to toast you today. Larry Holder of The Athletic, we thank you for coming on the, the season premiere. And uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't make it. I know you were probably worried that I was going to have some kind of clip reels from the past. And that's childish. Those days are gone. I'm not doing that anymore. There's no way uh, I would have expected anything less. I would have assumed <laughs> that it would be, we'd be going back to, let's, let's rewind. We, we could either do when you have filled in for Jeff uh, in Duncan yep. Holder days, or when you would fill in and then took over black and gold today. I, I had to remember the name of the show. That's how long ago that was. I mean, that's literally like a decade ago when we were doing that show at the Times Picayune. It's actually, a, it seems like a lifetime ago now. I mean, if you think about all the things that have happened with both of us since then, um, uh, literally a lifetime ago. How are you, my friend? I'm great. Look, uh, unfortunately, uh, this is inside baseball, literally, but uh, you and me are doing poorly in our media. Very. Fantasy baseball <laughs> NL only league. So I've, you know, like I've traded the farm. I've I've, I've looked for next year, but uh, but no, uh, it, it's it's amazing that I'm almost four years at the Athletic, and it's it's been a pretty wild ride there. Uh, but uh, it's it's been a great place to be. I, I look obviously I missed the Times Picayune. I that was the place I always wanted to work, but other opportunities came up. And uh, but no, it's it's been going really well for me. Uh, what about you, man? How, well, how have you been? I, I have I still have so many bruises on my ass from all the times that they've dropped me, um, and, <laughs> and I, they keep bringing me back. So I don't know what the hell they're thinking, but I appreciate that they do. So, but uh, here I am working on 32 years in this business, and I'm still hanging. I'm like my fingernails are like getting clipped because I keep hanging on, you know. So you're like the cockroach here. in a noose. Exactly. I you would basically be – you're the Traverius cadet of the Times Pick You. That's that, correct. That you, you always survive. Always. They can't stomp me out. They've tried to poison <laughs> me. Everything. I'm still here. 
I'm like bad grass, man. Um, all right, it's it's football season, and now your role now you're more of a NFL league slash Saints reporter. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about both. Um, we are doing uh, our, we're uh, the first quarter of our NFL team previews have uh, finished today. We finished up the NFC East with the Washington. I still can't get used to come. I was just getting used to football team, <laughs> and now they're the Commanders. Um, I usually refer to them as the WTF, not the WFT. But I, I, <laughs> I like that. That uh, that always confuses me. Uh, well, nonetheless, I still, now they're the WFC, whatever you want to call them. Anyway, um, so we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on on that team because I don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, before we get to the Saints, I want to get your general thoughts on the season. I thought last year was as fun a season. And maybe it was because of the pandemic the year before and we're all locked up in our houses and they were playing in front of no fans. And I don't know, maybe last year was just super fun because of that. But I, I go into the season, there's so many different things going on. I am looking as forward to this 2022 NFL season as maybe any other that I have in quite a while. Yeah, when I, you look at it on kind of a grand scheme of things, you go back to last season, I think part of it may be for people here in New Orleans like you and me, I think we had increased interest in the season because of the Bengals and because of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And uh, like I've covered both of them uh, while I was with The Athletic and uh, – Obviously, Jamar Chase, Raider Pride. I'm a r- proud Rumble Raider. Let's say so. I covered one of them in high school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So I think there was an increased interest there. But it was a new team. You had some uh, kind of some new blood in there. I mean, you look at even like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, even though the Chiefs, uh, they beat them in that epic uh, AFC divisional round game. But the Bills, I feel like, are an ascending team. And I feel like that. I feel like the public. They're just waiting for the Bills to finally win one. And I think that probably helps. Uh, And I'm not going to say, well, the Rams, this, that, and the other. I know they're the Super Bowl champs, and everyone wants L.A. to be part of the mix. You know, sure, I guess the interest is there, but they've they've been in the mix for a little while now. But I feel like that uh, you have some new teams kind of emerging in the AFC, and the NFC is just – a total crapshoot. I mean, I think they, that is as wide open as we've seen in a while because I, I, like, I expect someone outside of the Rams to get to the Super Bowl, uh, even if it's not Tampa. I just think that the NFC, it's not as strong as the AFC, but I do feel like it's it's more of a crapshoot. And so I think we're probably going to have another unpredictable season. And just think about all the player movements that have gone on throughout the league. Uh, I think that has brought some big-time interest, uh, more so than maybe in other off-seasons. Yeah, and I, and I think this is a good year for surprises in the NFC especially. Um, I think one of the, the big teams in the AFC is probably going to win and move on to the Super Bowl, although it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but, but just overall, I mean, what kind of surprises do you see? Look, I... Before we even get to the Saints, I think the Saints are a team that missed the playoffs that could make the playoffs this year. I, I, I think the, uh, even a team like the Vikings, I think they missed the playoffs and are a team that can make the playoffs. I'm curious to see in the AFC what happens with the AFC North. I mean, we've seen uh, traditional teams like the Ravens and Steelers kind of take a step back, the Bengals step up, and, of course, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they've got their own issues and insanity with, with Deshaun Watson. Uh, and so I think that's intriguing. You look at the entire AFC West, I think you could have a fourth-place team still be maybe above 500. I mean, yeah. that's how good that division is. And uh, even though the Denver Broncos got Russell Wilson, I'm not banking on the Broncos necessarily to make the playoffs, but they could. But uh, you look at the Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers. I mean, they probably wish they weren't in the same division because they probably dominate. Like, one of them would dominate the NFC East. So there's no question. You know, yeah, or like the AFC South, but they're all in the same division. So, and look, I'm just mentioned AFC South. I mean, they have Matt Ryan as the quarterback for the Colts. It's a weird thing to say, but they might be the favorite uh, to win that division now. And so it, it's it's certainly. Uh, it, I mentioned the Colts. You know, they're a team that could make the playoffs, win the division. We're used to seeing the Titans uh, play so well, but they're a team that I could feel like that that could make a boost as well. When you talk about, we'll get to the NFC South in a, in a minute, but uh, we we did the NFC East this week. And um, one of the things that I found interesting going through 
my research. And a lot of what we're doing is is from a betting aspect, and you look at over-under totals and where there might be value. The NFC East has the easiest schedule in, in the NFL. And uh, to me, what popped out was I think the Giants are going to be it could be kind of the Bengals were last year. They could be that surprise team. Now with Brian Dable and as a head coach and 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 a new offensive coordinator, I think Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley can take the next step because I think their offensive line is better. To me, do you think? Uh, do you agree with me that the Giants maybe are maybe one of the surprise teams, or who do you like in the NFC East? Well, I think it's the Cowboys division until it's not. I agree. Uh, with that. I and I think. Even like the Eagles, I think they've improved in the offseason. So I, I think the Giants are going to have a tough spot even just jumping one of those two teams. I don't trust the Commanders with Carson Wentz. Anybody who's quarterbacked by Carson Wentz, I don't trust. I mean, that's pretty pretty simple to me. Uh, <laughs> that's but, a good rule to have. <laughs> right, that's, that's a rule of thumb. Uh, uh, even when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he got hurt and they'd won it without him. So, hey, it's, it's just what it is. But, no, I think the Giants are an interesting – team because this is basically make or break for Daniel Jones uh, and he, he knows it. And so I think that in that sense, uh, if he doesn't get it done, he, they, they're going to move on for, and, and go get another quarterback who that is, who knows? I mean, it might be Bryce young or CJ Stroud, you know, I'm talking draft quarterbacks, Ohio state, Alabama, but still uh, you need Saquon Barkley to be healthy. I mean, you need some of these pieces that they relied on or tried to rely on, to actually be reliable, like a Kenny Galladay or a, you know, a Kadarius Tony. I mean, they need to be playmakers. And if they're not, then they're not going to go anywhere. So I know they made some alterations here and there, but it all comes down to can Daniel Jones perform? And he has not been able to do it. So they would, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. If they go to the playoffs, it would certainly surprise the hell out of me. So if you want to put it as a surprise team, sure. But I just, I just don't think they can – uh, I think they're third at best in that division. They may still be fourth. Larry Holder is a sports writer first, way before he's a better or a gambler. So <laughs> yes. his take and my take and the way we look at things are, are com- two completely uh, different ways at this point. Um, Larry Holder of The Athletic here on the Datitude podcast on this Friday morning. Larry, um, do you have, you know, not just the NFC East, but – Maybe give me one or two surprise teams that you think that could be the Bengals. Obviously, if the Bengals win this year, they're not going to be a surprise. They went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, but are there one or two teams that really could jump out of nowhere, you think, and take that next step? I think it could be the Raiders. Everyone's looking at the Broncos. I'm looking at the Raiders because I trust what they've got as a team-wise more than what Denver has. Like, because I – but. I've talked to so many people this offseason uh, as the Russell Wilson watch was going on, and there are, there are enough people that I trust that didn't buy into him anymore. And maybe Denver brings him a little bit of a new life, but still I feel like that the Raiders went out, they got Devontae Adams that will add to Darren Waller. Their offensive line is a little suspect, so I think they, they need to kind of keep an eye on there. But uh, look, they got to the playoffs last year. And when you look at them going out, they, they trade away, you know, Yannick and Gakwe. They go get Chandler Jones, who I feel like it, it's a little bit of a wash. I think Jones may be a little overrated and Gakwe is a little underrated. But they also, in that trade, they went out and got uh, Rocky Yassine and it helps their secondary. So I feel yeah. like they've addressed a, a few spots. And I, I, look, I think they could be, everyone's looking at Russell Wilson in Denver. I'm looking more at, the Raiders and thinking they might be a team because the Chargers, I need to see it to believe it. Justin Herbert's awesome, but I need to see it to believe it. And they got Khalil Mack and they got JC Jackson and I get it. Uh, but still, I think people are sleeping a little bit on the Raiders. We're in complete agreement there, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the Raiders are, and we, we are going to, we are going to do the AFC West next week. So that's a great lead into there. And we talked to Adam Chernoff of covers.com who uh, also, uh, I don't want to give too many sleepers away, but, you know, here's your gift if you're a listener of the Datitude podcast. Aren't you supposed to help people win money? Isn't that the point? Supposedly. <laughs> I've been helping them in golf. I don't know how much I've helped them in football yet, but we're working on it. Uh, we have done very well in golf, but this is not a golf uh, podcast, at least not today. All right, uh, Larry, let's talk about the NFC South and not 
before we get to the Saints, the other teams in the division. And I got to be honest, if you just look at this division overall and the fact that they all have pretty tough schedules for the most part, um, this could be, and, and people don't want to hear this, but this could be the worst division in football, potentially. It's possible. Well, when you look at Carolina and Atlanta, uh, it brings the division. Yeah, that, I mean, exactly. that's part of it. Uh, and it's also amazing, even though they're in the division and they all play each other and they still have tough uh, strength of schedule just because everybody plays the AFC North and, uh, you know, you're playing the NFC West. And so, yeah, it, it toughens uh, that schedule up. And so, uh, when you, it, it, to me, look, Saints fans aren't going to want to hear this, but, hey, I've, I've told them things they don't want to hear for as long as I've ever covered uh, the Saints. We're going oh, in the NFL going 16 years, 17 years now. So, uh, I think it's still Tampa and everyone else. Uh, you know, I, what do you I feel, know, Larry Holder? What do you know? Exactly. I feel like the Saints are a playoff team. Uh, don't get me wrong. And I feel like the Saints match up well against Tampa, but Tampa matches up well against all the other teams they play against. And I think the Saints might have some pitfalls along the way. But still, you know, it's you look at Atlanta and you look at Carolina. I just look at quarterbacks. I mean, Marcus Mariota, do you trust him? No. Is Desmond Ritter going to win the job? Probably not. And you roll at Mariota. And they didn't do enough on their defensive front. They can't. They were the worst pass rush team in the NFL last year. Uh, Eddie Goldman, he was there two weeks and retired. He said, forget it. I don't even want to be here. I don't even want to go to training camp. I mean, they, they thought he would be able to solidify a little bit their uh, defensive front, and he just walked. So, and then you look at Carolina, Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. Look, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to win that job, but they're still who they are. I mean, they're not a very good football team. So that leaves the Saints and Tampa. So, uh, you know, I feel like Tampa is still the obvious favorite. Uh, I think, look, optimistic Saints fans might say, oh, well, they're going to win the division. Okay, let's just get them to the playoffs, and then you see what happens. When you look at Tampa Bay, I mean, to me, here's one thing if I was a Bucks fan that would concern me a little bit. I mean, everybody's human. We saw Drew Brees, the Saints. He, to me, he kind of changed. You saw signs of him kind of saying, okay, it's, it's almost time. And then he had this quick drop-off. To me, if you look at the end of last season, and it's, I don't think it's wishful thinking. I don't have anything against the guy personally. I mean, he's arguably, I still say arguably, the greatest player of all time. But Tom Brady, to me, looked like towards the tail end of that season, maybe Father Time actually was catching up with him. This time, I, I think there was something to it. I don't know. I remember watching him basically come back and almost beat the Rams and, and the defense let uh, Tampa down. So I don't, I don't know uh, if, uh, if I totally buy into that. But still, I do think, though, that you look at some of the pieces around him. Look, he lost two of his guards. He yeah. lost both of them. He lost Alex Kappa to the Bengals, and he lost Ali Marpet to retirement. Yep. Now, they did go out and get Shaq Mason, who he used to block for Tom, for Tom with the Patriots, and uh, he's still a pretty good player, but that other spot is a little suspect. Uh, Ryan Jensen's very good at center. Uh, you look at Donovan Smith. Uh, look, Cam Jordan feasts on him, but other players don't. Uh, but, and then you look at uh, Tristan Werps, who's arguably the best right tackle in the NFL. Maybe Lean Johnson has something to say about that, but he's been in, uh, great since being drafted there. And then you look at some of the pieces. Can Chris Godwin return from injury? You got Mike Evans. They add Russell Gage, who we're familiar with, uh, former LSU, and then he played for the Falcons. And then Leonard Fournette. I mean, uh, reports out of Tampa that he weighs like 450 pounds. Like he went Zion all of a sudden uh, and that he needs to lose some weight. But, uh, you know, he should be the number one back if he loses a couple pounds, which I, I assume he will. So, uh, and then defensively, they lost some pieces as well. Uh, you know, they lost uh, – uh, oh gosh, their their corner. I'm blanking. On. Carlton Davis. Oh, they lost yeah. him, and uh, I know they lost a safety, but they still have Devin White, and uh, they they got Akeem Hicks, who's probably an upgrade over in Dominican Sue. Uh, so th they've got a bunch of pieces. That here's the thing: the Saints match up well against them, but they only play them twice. So I feel like the rest of the league, with with the supporting pieces, no more Gronk. I get that too. Uh, but still, I think Tom Brady can still manage this thing, and he does. He's and I'm not saying just quote unquote he's a game manager. I think he could still be uh, a top quarterback in the NFL. Well, they lose one old tight end, and they bring in another in Kyle Rudolph, so <laughs> it kind of balances out. But before we move on, you know, Saints fans are going to take exception. Tristan Wirfs, the best right tackle in in football. What about Ryan Ramchak, man? Don't be dissing on Ryan Ramchak. 
Well, Ryan Ramchek might be third. Sorry. I don't know what you want me to tell you, but Tristan Wirfs has been awesome. He did it for two yeah, I'm years. I'm completely kidding. I no, agree. well, uh, look, obviously Ramchek was banged up last year, but he still, obviously, he still played at a very good level. Look, he's one of, he's one of you, you'd put, it's amazing that we talk about right tackle and the, probably the three are, are what we just said, Ramchek, Wirfs, and Lane Johnson. Yep. I agree. You could pretty much throw those guys up into a hat. And I mean, look, the, the Bucks, they, I think they're going to miss Ronald Jones, too. Um, although he did fumble at crucial times towards the end of last season. Uh, Ronald Jones being gone is, is going to be a big loss for them. And if Leonard Fournette is not in the shape that if, if the stories are true and uh, he, his heart isn't maybe is in it, I don't know. Tampa Bay can be had, which leads us to the New Orleans football Saints. And, um, you know, obviously you lose the caliber of a Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payton, and there's no question the guy's a Hall of Fame coach, which someday is going to wear a gold jacket. Um, and, uh, you, you know. Can we debate that? Because sure. I don't agree. You don't agree? I don't, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach. No. You need, more really? than one, you need more than one Super Bowl in my eyes. I know Tony Dungy's in, but uh, I, I still think that, uh, no, I don't, I don't. I think Sean Payton needs to win one somewhere else, which uh, he, we he know took, he's going to be coaching somewhere else. So I think, uh, I think that's, uh, maybe that's what he's looking for. He lifted a moribund franchise from the dead and took a guy with a shoulder injury and turned him into one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. I also think that the bounty scandal tarnishes that. So you've got to remember who's voting, who's in the room to vote, and I think yeah. that tarnishes it. So, I, look, to me, he's one of the best coaches. He, heck, he's the only coach I ever covered for the Saints. I covered him from day one, 06, until uh, he left. But still, I think that... Work needs to be done for him to get in the Hall of Fame. And I think the bounty scandal is part of that. That, that If he wins another Super Bowl, I think that wipes that away and then he gets there. But he's got he's to at least get to another one. He hasn't even been to one. He's only been to one. I mean, he's got to get there. Uh, and, and to me, it's, uh, you add that to the bounty scandal, I don't think he's, I don't think he's uh, there yet. I, I, he's an awesome coach in my eyes, but I, I just know how the Hall of Fame voting works. And I feel like that he still has some work to do in the room. I will say that is a fair assessment opinion uh, because I'm one of the few people on the planet who doesn't think that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. So who is can, Joe Montana? I'm I'm old though. I mean, I, you're old. I remember Joe Montana last I checked. Yeah. Well, you're old too, buddy. <laughs> 42 is not that old, but yeah, I'm old enough to have watched Joe Montana for sure. Uh, well, then you watch him with the Chiefs when you're a kid. I think. No, uh, trust me. The only time I even knew the Saints existed was the Dome Patrol days. So, like '87, that's basically when I started watching football. And Joe Montana was okay. uh, was definitely slaying people at that point. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'm not going to give you t- too much grief. I mean, <laughs> it's, but besides, if I say 42 is old, then uh, then my wife is probably going to catch up to me some kind of way and uh, do something to me in my sleep. Um, all right, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, without Peyton, I don't think any of us knows how much of a difference he's going to make. The, the, the team that they had last year is not only intact, but – you have to look personnel-wise. The fact that the receiving core is completely different than the one that Jameis was throwing to last year, and then everybody else was throwing to the last half of the year after Jameis got hurt. Um, I think you there's no question that the offense going into the season anyway is light years ahead of where this offense was at the end of last season. The defense, to me, is... I think just as good. I know you lose key pieces, but you also gain key pieces. So I think overall net, if you look personnel-wise, there's no question in my mind this team is better, but how much does Sean Payton make a difference? That's definitely, I feel like, if you're not covering the team on a daily basis and you hear national media, I think people look at it and say Dennis Allen was not a good head coach, but that was a billion years ago in my mind. Uh, and how much is Sean Payton? Uh, how did how much do they miss him? I mean, I think that's a, certainly a viable point. But I do think, though, the offense could be light years better. Uh, I I expect them to, but I feel like that they are viable questions across the board in every position group with the Saints. Can Jameis Winston be the guy? Is he healthy enough? How long is Alvin Kamara going to be out? When is he going to be out? Yep. 
is Michael Thomas a viable number one receiver anymore? He started the uh, uh, training camp. He's going to be on pup again. I'm sure uh, once I saw that news, I basically was thinking like, is Michael Thomas even a real person anymore? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. When's the last time we've seen him? Uh, you look across the offensive line and Andres Pete missed most of last year and he wasn't very good when he played. And uh, he's definitely kind of a, uh, uh, someone that, people turn to and say he's not a, the greatest player. People are now looking at Cesar Ruiz the same way. Can Trevor Penning fill in for Teron Armstead? Uh, Ryan Ramchek was banged up last year. Eric McCoy was banged up last year. Who's playing tight end that, that you can trust? So, uh, and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave are new. And so I mentioned, I don't know, 10 players just now. Uh, and I have questions about them. So if they, if, if five of them pan out, then you're probably going to be in pretty good shape. If, Eight of them do, then you're in really good shape. But uh, if they don't, then you got a question mark there. I think there are far fewer questions on defense than there are on offense. Our season one finale wrapped up with Mickey Loomis, and um, he had so many interesting things to say. But I think more importantly than what he had to say, Larry Larry Holder of the Athletic Hero and Datitude, by the way, this morning on this Friday morning, um, I think Mickey just seemed comfortable. With everything, he's he's at ease. He, I don't want to say at peace. That's because Sean Payton's not around screaming at him all the time. That's probably <laughs> part of it. Dennis Allen's a little more chill, even though Dennis <laughs> he he likes to tease and say, "Look, I've got some fire fieriness in me," but it, maybe it's not as fiery as some of the other coaches that have been around here. I don't, you don't see him get like super riled up all that. He gets pumped up, but he didn't get like super. Pissed. So I don't know. Think of the defensive coordinators before him with the Saints. It was uh, Greg Williams. Well, do we even count? There you go Spagnolo? with Bounty Gate. No, Steve do we, do, Spagnolo do we, does not count. Do we even count Steve Spagnolo? Uh, no, we and then, forget and, he existed. And then you had uh, Rob Ryan. Uh, and then it was Dennis. Oh. So, yeah, Dennis is like a little <laughs> choir boy compared to all those guys. You and I had a lot of fun at Rob Ryan's expense. <laughs> I'll just say that. And, hard not uh, to. Going right? back to the black and gold today days, I definitely <laughs> had a lot of fun at Rob Ryan's expense. Um, but, you know, M- Mickey just seems at, at ease with what's going on. And actually, I kind of, it was a sense of relief almost that he seems like, hey, you know, I think we're, we're still pretty damn good. And I, I think Dennis Allen's going to be fine. And I think he learned, I mean, of course, he, he says those things, but you you feel like he really means it. I, I think Dennis Allen probably did learn a whole lot from his coaching gig with the Raiders. And the time that he's been with Peyton, I mean, this defense is going to be just, you would think they're going to be just as good as they were. You got to you gotta like where Dennis Allen is, at least now in his career. Time will tell. We'll find out a lot this season. But uh, I think they made the right choice. I know we haven't played a game yet. And I'd say we. I know the Saints haven't played a game yet. But I, I think the right choice was made. Oh, there's no question to me. It was the most slam dunk hire of any teams because it's not like the Saints were some downtrodden team. I mean, they knew who they had in the building and that was going to be what it is. And uh, even if they would have gone outside the building, someone like Aaron Glenn would have fit very well too. Uh, but still, uh, they, they know who – it's not like they're a bad team. They, you know, Sean Payton's just stepping away just to step away and then he's – going to do TV for a year and then go probably coach the Chargers or the Cowboys or somebody like that. But uh, but look, Dennis was a slam dunk hire. I mean, he was the obvious hire. And then I think what's key is that Pete Carmichael's still there. I mean, the offense is in – it's the system's going to be intact. I'm sure Pete's going to have a, a, some different wrinkles. And uh, I, I'm curious to see his aggressive nature, if he's as aggressive as maybe Sean Payton is, and if Dennis gives him kind of the – uh, the latitude to be able to do that. And so I think that's, that's something we, we got to have to see. Uh, but look, the pieces are there. Uh, I mean, it, like I said, if Jameis Winston can be a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, this team gets to the playoffs. If Michael Thomas can be anywhere near a number one wide receiver, they get to the playoffs. If the saints figure out, you know, the Alvin Kamara thing, I assume he's going to miss at least a month, you know, six games seems like uh, the number that's being floated around. Uh, but if they can navigate that and their offensive line plays, like, plays decent because they were not as good last year. I mean, they were so banged up. And I think the, uh, another thing we got to we got to remember that that offensive line was used to blocking for Drew Brees. And he gets rid of the ball right. so quickly. All these other quarterbacks, they hold on to the ball longer. So it's different blocking for – I mean, they had four quarterbacks last year. But it's different blocking for Jameis Winston than it is for 
Drew Brees. And I feel like that you got, you kind of got to get, get your legs under you uh, with that as well. But if all these pieces add up, I mean, why, why wouldn't they? I feel like if you look at it on the surface, I feel like the Saints are probably the fourth or fifth best team in the NFC, which gets you into playoffs and then who knows what can happen. I mean, just get to the dance and then uh, we'll see where, where it takes you. All right, before we let you go, the, we used to end this show, the beginning of season one, I kind of got away from it, the first 10, 15 episodes, so I ended the show with three questions, three big questions. So I'm going to start off season two like that, and because uh, I think it's a perfect spot to do it. So I'm going to ask you three questions, and all the answers need to be less than 30 seconds. Can I'll try. I'll I, mean, I know I, you went through, I know I'm you went to Rumble. Winded. I know you went to Rumble, so it's a little hard to, to figure out, you know, these are tough things to to fathom. All right, at least my kids went to Shaw Summer Camp. Does that help your soul? Actually, it does. I mean, you're, I'm proud you're, of you. Your Shaw soul, there you go. I'm proud of you, you West Banker. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. Question number one. Will Jameis Winston finish in the top 12 in NFL quarterbacks? I basically said... He needs to be a top 12 for this guy. Uh, will for he this do team. it? I will I'm asking say, you what he needs to do. Will he do it? Oh, this is tough. I will say yes. He is going to finish as a top I've, 12. He will be a top 12 passer. Are we talking pass rating? Yeah, pass rating. rating. Pass yes, rating. top 12. Yes. All right. He will. I agree. Question number two. Not that you need my... my <laughs> we've disagreed already enough on this podcast. As it is. Well, we've disagreed a lot over the last decade. Over the last, so. yeah, as long as we've known each other. <laughs> exactly. Uh, although I'm going to be sad that this could be the first year probably that we don't make a trade in the in the Billy Rainey League in a long time. True. Uh, true. Or the Rainey Donzi League. Sorry, my friend Frank Donzi, <laughs> the late Frank Donzi. Um, question number two. Will Michael Thomas be wearing number 13 on opening day. Yes, I think he will be ready to play game one. I think he knows he has to play. I mean, he's someone, he's, he's a quirky guy, but he's a prideful guy. I mean, like I said, I joke that who is this guy? Does he really exist? I think he needs to, he needs to be on the field. I think he will be. I think the, little, the random videos we were seeing in the offseason, uh, I think he's, I think they're just being a little cautious in training camp mode, but I think he will be back in the field during training camp and ready to go week one. You kind of alluded to this answer, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Will the Saints win fewer than nine games? Will they win exactly nine games? Or they will win, or will they win more than nine games? I think they will win more, but not much more. I think 10. I'll, I'll go 10. But they got to get hot early. I think the middle of the season, eight-game stretch, starting with the Bengals, I mean, that is a tough, tough stretch. And so I think they need to go at least four and one to start the season. But I do think they will win 10 games, be a wild card team. And then who, who knows? I mean, like I said, just get to the dance. Three questions, Larry Holder, and we're in agreement with all three. The only difference I might have, and I don't want to give away because we are, are still weeks away from the NFC South predictions, but I I think the Saints might be a little bit better than you think they're going to be. Again, I don't want to give away too much, although I've kind of Well, I'm that. assuming it's more than 10 wins, Jim. Uh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Still watch us on September 2nd when we do the Saints preview. Larry Holder of The Athletic, it has been way too long, my friend. I'm so glad you could join the show and see no roast, all toast, and we'll, maybe next time we'll have some roast for you. I would, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I'm waiting for, like, on, on camera, like a head on a stick or, like, almost, some, something. I almost brought that picture. I don't know if you remember this, but I was going through some old black and gold todays, and there was a picture of uh, we were talking about Halloween, and you can hear Marcus Carmouche laughing in the background when I brought up the picture of you as a clown. Oh, my. Okay. That, that, actually, that picture is actually framed in my living room where it says <laughs> Larry Holder analysis, and, and, and it's a picture of uh, Mac the Quack. Uh, that's awesome. Thanks, Fox 8. I appreciate you. Uh, and my wife works at Fox 8. She wasn't working there then, but I, 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 it's probably her fault. Uh, probably. It's always our <laughs> wife's fault. I mean, we get the blame for everything. We might as well give them the blame. All right, Larry, we will talk to you soon. Enjoy training camp, and uh, we'll be, uh, it won't be long before that game one is, is on us. There we go, Jim. Always good to catching up with you, bud. Talk to you later. Larry Holder, boys and girls. 
I'm telling you, some of the best days of my career were uh, the short time I did black and gold today, way back in the day. You still can find some of them on YouTube. Uh, I mean, way back in the bowels of YouTube, you can find them. But uh, black and gold today days, really quick story on that. Um, we had a massive purge, one of more than one, at the Times-Picayune before John George's thankfully bought the company. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, they, uh, you know, I'd never done a show before uh, at, at any level. I'd never done any kind of show. Oh, I'll take that back. I did one NFL draft show with Jim Rapier. Um, and from that, they assumed that I could just be an anchor of a show. You can do it. Um, and so anyway, we, we lost a bunch of our staff one day in 2015. And, um, you know, I broadcasted a couple of high school games doing play-by-play. And again, I, I did that one NFL draft show. And uh, we lost, I think it was more than half of our staff. And somehow I made the cut that time. There are times when I haven't made the cut, plenty of times, as I told you. Um, but I made the cut that time, and my old boss, Marcus Carmouche, said, you're going to be doing the black and gold today, and you're going to be doing this show every day. And I was like, what? Um, so that was interesting. That was an interesting time in my career, and the Saints were really bad in 2015, if you remember. I think they finished 7-9, and nine, one of those three 7-9 years, but they were way worse than 7-9. There was, like, at no point in the season, I think, was there any hope. Uh, I think they had one game. I think that was the season where Michael Maudie blocked a punt and the Saints beat Atlanta at home, and they looked like maybe this team. I think there was, like, one or two hopeful moments. But that was it. It was, a, it was the year that Rob Ryan got fired and Dennis Allen. There was no more co-coordinators or whatever the hell they were doing. And Dennis Allen has been a big part of this team ever since. So, uh, anyway, old times. Larry Holder, bringing him on brings back some memories. Uh, again, it seems like forever ago. But it's not. And we move on. And we move on in our careers. And we move on in this podcast. And I know most of you are saying, thank God, you've already hit fast forward 15 seconds about nah, five or six times already. Adam Chernoff of Covers.com coming on now. And again, we told you at the start of the podcast, one of the things I love about Adam is the fact that, you know, if you're getting into betting or even if you've been doing this for a while, you've been lucky enough to break even. Because really, if you break even, you're doing this for fun, most of us, okay? If you've been lucky enough to break even in football through the years, and I'd say over the past seven, eight years of me really getting into betting, um, I'm probably even or a little above even, if I had to guess. I've had some really good years. I've had some really bad years, and I've had some years where, eh, out with the wash, it's goose egg, uh, neither bad nor good. But in the grand scheme of things, we're trying to have fun with this. And if you break even or win a little bit of money, you're doing well. And so Adam Chernoff is a guy that break even is not nowhere near. He's not doing this for fun. I mean, I'm sure he has fun doing it, but that's not why he does this. He's a professional handicapper. And so... For us to have a little more fun, of course, anything that we can win, anytime you can finish in the black, it's a fun thing. And so we bring him on and pick his brain to figure out how to make our future bets now, how, to, how you approach betting football in late July, early August. How do you do that? Well, Adam is going to tell us because he knows a whole lot more than I do. Let's hear it. Welcoming in to the Dadtude Podcast. On a Friday morning, Adam Chernoff of Covers.com is with us, and he has been with us for all of our NFL previews to date. This week, we've done the NFC East. Next week, we're going to the AFC West. Should be a lot of fun. But before we continue on with our previews, um, you know, Adam, one of the things I wanted to talk to the readers about was, you know, this is about the time of year between now to me and the next three, four weeks the numbers on futures aren't going to change all that much. So you have time to kind of go digging through, finding things that you like. And um, I really wanted to get into the head of a pro handicapper and just kind of see what you were doing this kind of year. I know you're up from probably 12 hours a day looking, pouring through these numbers, trying to find values. But, you know, more importantly, we wanted to see how you do it. So 
what kind of things are you looking for this time of year in late July? Jim, it's not 12 hours yet. I'm not that crazy. We get <laughs> we get a little bit of a reprieve here in the summer. I'm working like 8 to 10, so I figured you were certainly working 12. It's uh, fortunate to be in a spot where that's not June and July get a little bit of a reprieve. So we're getting there. It's coming quickly. Um, in terms of what I'm looking for right now, I'm just – honestly, for everyone watching, I know it's tough to expect everyone to always bet at – the same time and be early and ahead of it It, it's not the reality for a lot of people but the truth is like if you're betting into a lot of these futures right now you are late the prices have moved and really right now you're most likely making a bet that is into a betting market that has a very high hold which is a way of saying it's very advantageous for the bookmaker not super advantageous for the better but people are going to bet it anyway that's okay what what I would suggest is that going into week one, you have about six weeks to kind of try get an understanding of is this team going to play to a lot of high-scoring, high-total games? Is this team going to play to a lot of low-scoring, low-total games? Is this a team that I think maybe is getting disrespected or undervalued? Is this a team that's really overvalued that I want to bet on or against? And getting that feel for the team's more so from a what has changed perspective. We had a ton of coordinator turnover. We had a ton of coaching turnover. And free agency and the offseason for player movement has been as crazy as I ever remember. And so to me, that's really important right now is what's changed and maybe where is that going to lead to a betting advantage week to week? Because I think speaking for everyone on the show too, watching, we're betting a lot more week to week than we are preseason future. Right. And that leads into my next <clears throat> excuse me. That leads into my next question, actually. <clears throat> You've already talked about how the, the numbers on the over under totals have changed. Um, maybe not so much on Super Bowl division championship odds, but I think you and I are agreement. I one thing I've learned from a lot of pros is pros don't play a whole lot of like Super Bowl futures. They don't play a lot of conference futures. They may play some divisions here and there. Um, but you're looking for other numbers. So, and, and really, maybe not a whole ton of over-under win totals. What I've noticed, and this is one thing I didn't know before, is you're looking at a whole ton of, of look-ahead lines and trying to find some bargains out there. Now, those numbers, you could still get some bargains on those. And so how much are you looking at, at totals for individual games, uh, over-unders, whether it be over-unders or actual spreads or money lines or whatever. How much are you looking at those right now? So you said it well. The biggest pro market in terms of competitiveness between professionals is the season-long win totals, over-under wins. Incredibly competitive. They're posted as far back as the early spring. Like People are betting back and forth on these a lot. Um, Much, much, much more so than the Super Bowl futures, like you mentioned. So that's absolutely something to keep in mind. Um, Your point, what I try to recommend is try go as wide as you can when you have an opinion on something. And so what I mean by that is, let's say that you think um, the Saints are going to have a very strong season. They're going to win 11 or 12 games within the South that's a lot weaker this year. So if you have that opinion, the easiest and most simplistic way to bet that would be to go and bet the Saints win total over. The problem is if you're doing that now, you're betting really late, months after a lot of the professionals have already shared their opinion within that market. And so the advantage that you may have needs to exist in markets further away from those win totals. And the benefit that a lot of players have that are listening to this is there's so many different sports books that you can now register for and sign up and look through their list of options to find things that are very different but still related to that opinion. And so if if you have an opinion on the Saints and you think they're going to have a really good season, rather than just taking that over on the win total, go through all these apps, look through the extended offerings, and find something player-specific, find something team-specific 
that's further away from that in the more sort of obscure markets. And that right now is where you can find value rather than trying to compete with the professionals in those stronger markets. So I'd really, really encourage everyone to do that. It doesn't matter how much you're betting. You'll be amazed at what you can find off of that one opinion if you go really wide into the depth of somebody's offering. Adam Chernoff of Covers.com here on the Season 2 premiere of the Datitude podcast. And, Adam, you know, it, one thing I've found easier as I go along, as a sports writer, I've always been able to uh, take my personal opinion or a feeling uh, out of something. You know, people always ask me, you know, I grew up being a Saints fan. I, I've grown up, been a New Orleanian my entire life. So when I cover the Saints and I'm at Saints games, specifically the NFC Championship no-call game, which once I got out of the Dome, still bitter, by the way, still pissed about that, by the way. Tell um, your voice. That just, just a little bit, just a little bit. But when you're covering the game, you can't, you can't be like that. It, 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 I don't know what it is. There's just something that comes over a sports writer that, you know, it just you don't let your personal feelings affect the way that you, you write a story. That being said, how as a better, I have found this much harder to do as a better. I'm getting better at it. But how do you take personal feelings, and not necessarily about your favorite team, but there may be teams you don't like. We talked about the Dallas Cowboys last week, um, or actually earlier this week. We talked about the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are a team you either love or you hate. So, you know, naturally you may go look and say, I'm going to automatically bet the under because I hate the Cowboys. Or uh, I'm going to take every bet I can against the Cowboys. Or, you know, conversely, if you love them, you know, you may bet on them. How do you take personal feelings about the way you might feel about a team going into a season um, out of the equation? Uh, We're human, after all. Yeah, most people can't, let's be honest. Like, everyone probably betting that's listening to the show was a football fan first before they were a better. And for very few people does it ever change to where you're a better first and a fan second. And so it's really, really difficult to say, like, just for an everyday better to be like, I'm going to take all the feelings out of it, have no emotions, and just be really smart about everything I do. And if I was to say different, I mean, no one's going to believe it. But (laughs) what I I can say, and I think it's something that it honestly does not get talked about nearly enough, is um, I would almost encourage people to bet on those strong feelings that they have, not using it as opinion, but I'll explain here. So like you mentioned, you may really hate the Dallas Cowboys, but if you hate the Dallas Cowboys, chances are you're probably following the Dallas Cowboys quite often. You may be watching the games on your Twitter account. You may be following news about them. Same thing goes if you're a huge Saints fan. You probably know all the writers like yourself and all the people in the media who talk about the Saints. There's a really good chance that you can use a lot of that information that you just naturally take in every single day to your advantage betting. And when we just go back to what I talked about, where when you go really wide with some of these markets, for example, if you're a massive Saints fan, if you hear that Michael Thomas is not going to be playing week one, there's a really good chance just from following the team and having those strong opinions and emotions, like you said, that you can accurately evaluate what Michael Thomas would be worth to that game overall and then who may ultimately step up and take his production onto their plate or how the team is ultimately going to handle it. In the same way with the Cowboys, if you hate them, but you hear that Dak Prescott is hurt, well, you probably have a very good idea of what's going to happen. And so depending on how much you like the team and how much you follow them, the depth of that to whether it's a backup wide receiver, a tight end offensive lineman, whatever it might be, you can really use to your advantage. And again, to that Thomas example, if he's out, well, then how wide can you go with it? Are you going to be looking at Landry to score an anytime touchdown? Because those odds may not have fully adjusted to make up for the Thomas absence. And there's a lot of ways you can go with it. So I would say, rather than trying to eliminate all those feelings, Understand what you really like to watch and follow. Build on that. Follow a few different accounts. Listen to a few different podcasts. It's what you like, so it's probably not a pain to consume a little more information. 
And then when you hear that news or you hear changes or player notes or whatever it might be, you just have so many options to look through sportsbooks to find something that you can use that information on to bet. You might actually really find an edge there that will lead you to be making better bets as it is. So use it, build on it, and try find those bets wider in the offerings. You'll be surprised at some of the bets you'll find. All right. Do you have a favorite NFL team? The New York Jets. The New York Jets. Wow. Uh, that, that's been tough <laughs> on you then. <laughs> have you been able- a, it, I was saying on, I had a tweet a week or two ago, uh, 2011, January, when they beat the Patriots in the playoffs. It, it's been 12 years now. That was the last time I remember feeling joy as a football fan and not as a better watching the NFL. So it's been, it's been many years of hardship, to put it lightly. Do you embrace Mark Sanchez or do you push him away? <laughs> the butt well, does it bother you still? The we have the story. no call. <laughs> well, I, but again, like he, he's the only quarterback in my lifetime that's like led my favorite yeah. team to a meaningful win. Um, I was living in South America, and so obviously NFL gear is few and far between. And after I just met my wife, um, for my birthday in April, she got me a Jets jersey. I don't know how she found it to this day. Uh-huh. And it was a Sanchez jersey. It was like three days after oh, no. he left the team. And so so I was a huge Sanchez fan, loved it. But then obviously he left and it was a couple of days later I got that as a reminder. So that was um that was a funny moment. But I, I you have to like him. He until someone else wins, I can't dislike him. You know, I can kid all I want, but look, growing up being a Saints fan. It, it was hard, man. It, it was to have the the first playoff victory come for your your favorite football team when you're 22 years old and you grew up with them your entire life. I mean, it's brutal. I mean, I was in that dome the first the first playoff game they ever had. Okay, I mean, they were the Saints started playing before I was born in 1968. Okay, the first playoff game for the New Orleans Saints. I was in the Superdome. It was in 1988. <laughs> that is insane. I might be waiting longer for a Jets win at this point. Yeah, you know, I said I was 20. I was, it was actually 31. I was 31 when the Saints won their first playoff game. It's insane. All my right, before first, I... My first Saints memory to add to that, uh, I was probably, I think, like 9 or 10 years old. and Because I, I remember we still had the TV with the knob on the side. Uh-huh, right. You had to turn to change the yeah, channel and turn up the volume. And, and so I was like nine or 10 and we just, cause I grew up in Canada. And so there was Monday night football. I can't remember if it was still ABC or not, but there was a shift where we didn't have Monday night football for a while. And then I think it came back, but I like vividly remember at some young age, nine or 10 Kyle Turley throwing the hell. Oh yeah. Man. That was Sunday night football. Actually, <laughs> it was, it was Sunday same, night football. It was Sunday night football. It was the same night as game seven of the world series. I was there. But it was a Jets game, and that's why I remember. It was definitely a Jets game. Yeah, and see, I remember him throwing the helmet, and that was kind of well before I started betting. Not not too far before, but I, I vividly remember that as like a primetime moment uh, watching the Jets growing up. That was but most certainly. Yeah, that was that was a, a brutal moment in Saints history. That's, that's actually when the Saints were really getting into the groove that they're in now, I guess. It was before the Sean Payton era, but not that much. More before. Okay, so the last thing I'll ask you before we let you go. Now, I don't want to give anyone a sneak preview of what we're going to say about the Saints, although anyone that has watched me or listened to this podcast the past few months pretty much knows what I think about the Saints going into this year. But just general general feelings about this team and things you may want to look about look at if you're a Saints fan going into this, going into training camp, which starts on Wednesday. What kind of things are you looking for when you're looking at the Saints? I'm not doing this to butter up anyone watching. I, I think they're a legitimate, I don't want to say sleeper because they're not priced as such. I think they can make a Super Bowl run out of the NFC, how weak it is. And it's, I'm not exaggerating. If Sean Payton was still head coach of this team, they would be my biggest bet in the offseason in futures and everything alike um, because I think the roster – is still more than good enough within the NFC to make a run into the playoffs. Um, I think what they've done at wide receiver, assuming we get a full season out of Thomas, 
uh, can really, really work with Jameis. I know he takes criticism for his antics on social, but he is not afraid in any way to push the ball downfield <laughs> and and make big plays. And it, it comes with a lot of variance, but I think that's desperately what the Saints offense needs. And Olave with that speed is going to be yes. really interesting to have on the field too. So there's there's obviously the Kamara suspension kind of lingering around. We'll see what that entails. We'll get more news on that soon. But I, it's a team that's very difficult not to like from a number of different perspectives. And I think with how soft the South is going to be this year, I think Atlanta's the worst team in football. They're going to be my number one team preview, which is the worst team in the league. Um, rest of the division is coming back. I, boy, if, if Peyton was still here, what he could have done with some of these guys, it would be a treat to watch. We'll see what happens this year without him. But uh, I, I really like the Saints at their price right now. I mean, should a coach make that much? I mean, I, I really think they're the Saints are still at eight. I, I still think they're going to be there when over under win totals going to be eight and a half within the next couple of weeks. I, I and in fact, it's it's eight and a half in some places already. But here's the one: if Sean Payton, professional lab for it for sure. On the if Sean Payton were still coach, Adam, do you do you think they'd be nine and a half or ten? I, I don't understand the number. I, this is something I said when I first saw it. I've got it at seven and a half. I mean, I jumped on this in all kinds of ways from the beginning. You talk about getting values when the numbers first come out, and I'm not a homer. Trust me, I I bet against them as much as I bet on them. I mean, I am able to separate my feelings when it comes to the Saints when it comes to betting. And, but I don't understand this number, and I don't think I, – I can't imagine Sean Payton makes that much of a difference. Don't, don't you think they'd be 9.5 or 10 if he were here? Uh, I think you'd see it in the nines for sure. The, the big thing that Payton did, as well as anyone else in the league, was the week-to-week game planning and the ability to scheme offensively for the opponent he was facing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of offensive coordinators in the league – that are really good at what they do. They have very good playbooks, but they don't tailor it or alter it in a significant way week to week. Peyton was able to do that as well as anyone we've seen in the league for the last two decades that I've been alive and watching it. Um, and so you take him out. I, I really think that that's going to be the big impact. I don't think schematically we're going to see a massive shift from what they had, but it's just that, can that week-to-week shift in mentality still exist with Allen and Carmichael? I don't know, and that's kind of the big question mark and my only point of hesitation. So I, I don't think it would have been a 10. That's getting into, like, the extremes, but I, I certainly think it, it could have got to a 9 for sure. It'll be interesting. We'll get to the NFC South in our previews, our last division to do, and uh, that will be the week of August 30th through September 2nd. Looking forward to it. And looking forward to continuing our NFL previews. Uh, if you've missed any of them, go back and watch them and, and continue watching in the future because Adam Chernoff, there's a reason why he's a pro. He is fantastic in helping us, and we can't thank you enough for being a part of that and being a part of our season premiere of the Datitude Podcast. Adam Chernoff, Covers.com, thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. If that's your first time hearing Adam, you, I would hope that you would get a sense of why we like having him on the show and uh, why he is the voice of our, of our previews at the end, uh, telling me whether I'm right, wrong, or whatever. Um, we've had mostly agreements thus far, and the ones we haven't agreed with, we've been neutral. Um, there are some neutrals there. I mean, lots of times. You just don't bet. I mean, you're not going to bet over-unders on all 32 teams. I would hope not. Uh, as we tell you in these previews, they just aren't value. Um, but tells you other ways to bet, other ways to look for things. And I thought it was fantastic. And so that's where we are right now in late July. We're trying to figure things out and um, having fun with it because that's what we're doing with these previews, having fun with it. And that's what we're doing here on Datitude. We are having fun. And this time of year, I, I was trying to think of a, a, an outro song. One thing I started doing towards the latter half of, of last season, actually – Probably the latter two-thirds. I started probably episode 20-ish or something. Trying to come up with a song that kind of went with the moment or went with the show or went with the time of year or whatever. And there was a song that stuck in my head this morning. You're hearing it in the background right now. And because this year, 
this time of year to me is like you're opening the candy jar. You've been asking your parents for candy for hours and hours, and they said only after you eat dinner, and then after dinner they said only after you take a bath, and then they said only after whatever. And they finally opened the candy jar. That's where we are right now. Saints open training camp on Wednesday. When will Michael Thomas be there? What will Jameis Winston look like? How will the honey badger fit in? How much is Jarvis Landry going to have to contribute? When will Alvin Kamara get suspended? All sorts of questions. They're all questions we're going to be answering over the next several weeks before we get to that start of the season. I'm ready already. But first, we got to eat our candy. And it doesn't matter what kind of candy you like. Just eat it. Enjoy it. And enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week of NFL team previews. Remember to go check it out on bet.nola.com. NFC East all this week. AFC East the week before that. Next week, we're getting into the AFC West. We're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And we will talk to you here on Datitude next Friday. Peace and love, my friends.